for me. It's one thing to tell your partner that you have podcast homework to do. It's another <laughs> thing to literally deprive them of water so that you can achieve your meager purposes. I know in the middle of the winter you were making her turn off the heat. <laughs> <laughs> it was too loud. It was picking up on the mics. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Movie Blue side piece where we talk about new things. We talk about things that are happening in our lives. Um, <laughs> we give the notes that yeah. our therapist uh gave us and we um, shoot the shit a little bit we're shooting shit right now i've returned to drinking scotch as you can see by my 76ers oh, branded scotch glass that i have uh, i'm drinking jenny walker have you okay. ever drank jenny walker no it's no, it's johnny walker they did like a, a one-time run of it um to celebrate some sort of like milestone thanks i hate it female history it is really good i'm, I'm shocked that you of all people were willing to let that in your house it is smooth as a baby. <laughs> is it, so is it different? Like, it's a different whiskey? No. It, what it's, is it it's, equivalent? It's, it's like blue label? I would say it's just really good scotch whiskey that just is a little bit smoother than the average. It's nice. well, maybe for, a, not a lady, but like um, like a progressing he-she of some sort. Yeah. This, this, is, uh, <laughs> this is like a power dynamic reversal, because last time I was drinking bourbon and you were drinking nothing, you're drinking this... This nice uh, Jenny Daniels or whatever the fuck, <laughs> and uh, I'm drinking a nice cold Jen l- Daniels l- lime club soda. Um, yeah, that's uh, pretty beat. Yeah, we've switched. Uh, <laughs> we've switched in my spots. Uh, in my nice Yeti can cooler. So now that we've discussed everything we're consuming in front of each other, uh, I want to remind everyone. Oh, <laughs> oh, we almost shout had a spit. Out, shout out, Moxie. Um, we uh, <laughs> we want to remind everyone that we are still separated due to COVID nineteen. Uh, Dan's yeah. chair is still squeaking constantly <laughs> sorry, over the sorry. microphone. <laughs> um, so if you've been hearing that <laughs> over the past couple episodes, that is yeah, Dan. That's the last bit of my dignity dying. <laughs> <laughs> that's Dan creaking out his last happiness moments through his chair. Yeah. That's me really cranking them out. Today on the podcast, uh, we are featuring new music from my friend Freddie Rylands' project, Inbach. Uh, this is his new album, Short Stories, which you'll be hearing over the course of this side piece and the oncoming episodes of the show. Thank you, Freddie. Um, so today we're going to do a couple things. We're going to start off by talking about things that we are either currently watching or have watched since our last little side piece. Um... I don't know if you want to kick it off with some Matrix talk, but uh, I know that you have recently completed the Matrix trilogy. Again, way way to just fucking take my take my thunder of getting to introduce my own thing that I watched. Fuck you, then. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, eight out out of (laughs) ten. I did your rating too. (laughs) I I mean, and moving on to the next topic. (laughs) It's tough when, like, you know, the first movie. We, we talked about The Matrix recently on the show, right? Yes, that's, yes. That's what spawned me. Almost everything this. we're going to talk about in this episode, we have shortly already talked about. Oh, yeah, you know what? You're about. right. Almost um, everything, including I'm stuff you don't right even know. now. You're totally right. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, same on my end. I'm going to bring up stuff that's like we've talked literally to death shit. about. I, I've watched shit that I only watched because I heard you discuss it with Rachel on the Rachel <laughs> episode. Cool. Um, so we're, we're going to double dip because uh, I, I noticed on the graphs that one got less listens. Oof. Well, currently, Rachel's Quarantine Corner is the highest rated episode of the Movie Blues podcast. It's been, rated? It's been, ri- it's been riding the top rail for quite some time. What does uh, that mean, rated on what? Well, it's like uh, the amount of plays, I think, in the last 30 days, it's still number one, even over uh, all the new episodes we released. Uh, so, shout out, Rachel. Your content is fucking slang. Yeah, fire. Um, so, and, uh, so, why are you always hassling me to watch these movies? <laughs> 
look, if you want to quit, this, um, this is the time to tell me. All right. Because as so, I was going to mention in this episode, we are clearly halfway or more through our current season. We, I know, isn't that crazy? We are blazing through it. We've done not only uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, like seven episodes, but we've, we've done, done all the side, side pieces. Piece. I know. We've created way more content than we even did in the first place, and that's cool. So Yeah, you want to know how we did that? How did we do that remotely? Because you finally let us record remotely. You know how else we did that? COVID-19, The baby. world is in an absolute... Yeah. So to um, to the 9-11's worth of people that are dying on a daily basis in America, thank you for your sacrifice to this podcast. And to Dan, thanks for finding Soundtrap. And that brings us to our first ad read for Jenny Walker. Yeah. No. All right. So the a Matrix. ladies beverage. All right. Listen, the Matrix. We talked about how great we thought the first one is. Blah blah blah. I think I, I got the impression you've watched them all way more recently than I have. I'm gonna make a drink um, that's like Scotch for men. You know what I mean? I know it's implied it already is. Are you just, like, not willing to talk to me about The Matrix? Okay, let's go. I mean, I've already done it many times in my life with you, but let's do it. Let's do it on record. Here's what I want to say. Okay. I think last time go. we ran through them, our opinions, I think we both agreed that The Matrix was 10 out of 10, reloaded. I think we both called it, like, an 8.59 so, out of 10. Sounds realistic. And Revolution, I don't think I gave a score, and I think you gave, like, a 7-something. I would give it a 7. Yeah, okay. No so, more, like, no less. I feel... Like the Matrix one is like more than a ten out of ten movie. Like it's it like, doesn't work that way. It, like I want to give it an eleven out of ten. Okay, it's so, well it's so great. The, the the effects are so much better than any of the ones in the movies that follow that cost four times as much to make. It's insane. The practical effects are incredible in that film. Yeah. The CGI, like it's not great to today's standards, but it's literally no. It's definitely not worse than the following movies that came out years later. Right. Um, so, 10 out of 10. Matrix Reloaded and Revolution, I actually now think, are about equal. They're, like, about the same to me. Mm -hmm. I, um, there were actually a lot more moments of Revolutions that I... There were chunks of time that I was having a better time than I was in Reloaded. Reloaded just got fucking boring in the middle. Interesting. Okay. Um, which was never how I felt previously. I, uh, with that said, it could have just been it was the one I seen the least. You know so what, it was man? A more interesting. It's it, and I'm gonna get into this a little bit when I talk about something that I watched that we've also talked about 150 thousand times. It's just so strange, isn't it, that every time you rewatch a movie of, of these calibers from our childhood from huge franchises it truly does change every single time like there you're, you're saying you finally realize that phantom menace is better than revenge of the sith uh, i haven't gotten there yet but I'll, like, <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll let you know i do have some updates though <laughs> i'm not gonna lie i did pause attack of the clones to have this conversation with you right now <laughs> That's oh my god wait i have things i have to tell you about that all right so <laughs> revolutions yeah. you think it was um a better experience it was better than i remembered it being and how did you and feel about the payoff was worse than i remembered it being how did you feel about the payoff in terms of in terms of neo neo's demise in terms of neo turning into a rainbow <laughs> yeah yeah i mean or like you a, know, a batch of cookies or whatever he <laughs> morphed so into. This time the watching them all, like I watched, we watched them all three of them in like four nights, I think. And I, it's so cl much clearer when you approach it, like right off the bat, being like, this is like an allegory for Christ. Like Neo is a Christ figure. Mm -hmm. Like the whole arc is just like so fucking, like Christly, j just uh, like tropey. 
It like, um, so at the end, when the rainbow thing happened, whereas last time I watched it, which I believe was when it was in the theaters. What? I, I, I was like... You I haven't like, seen Revolution since it was in theaters? Not, like, sat down and watched it. Like, I think it was, like, I've thrown it on once, because I own it. Like, I've thrown it on and, like, not paid attention to it. Mm-hmm. But, like, this was the first time I sat there, like, invested in it. Hmm. Since it was in theaters, and you know, I mean, the ending was like, I was like, that makes sense with the way this was already going, right? Like, not a great payoff, but like, what 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 would have been a great payoff? I don't know. I just, I don't mean, know. I guess literally, just if they cut that whole scene off the end, it really just didn't need to be there. That would have been a decent payoff if like Neo didn't become a rainbow. <laughs> 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 like, I, I, I'm like, what other things possibly could you have done? I mean, the option was just not do that part because it's stupid as fuck. <laughs> I just, I just remember, uh, you know, anticipating those films, and I really think that they were what I anticipated when I saw Reloaded. It was a massive event, and I'll always appreciate that. And Revolutions was enjoyable too. It's just like I don't know if that's a a, a set of ideas that. The Wachowskis can continue to mine correctly because past the Animatrix, really, the other two did not need to happen. I mean, if they never happened, it would be probably better for the reputation of the Matrix itself. Um, as it stands, it's kind of a little bit tarnished, so we'll see what happens I, when the uh, next I one got comes a, out. I got a hot take. What's that? In that I think the Matrix 4 is going to be incredible. I, I can't speak to it. Okay. But I can speak to one of the oncoming episodes we will be doing, which is Speed Racer. Oh, fuck yeah. Um, um, should I just keep, like, running down things that I watched? And since it's a lot of things that I have nothing to say about most of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like, have the give, same thing. Well, actually... Or do you um, want to just go back and forth? Let me let me do my spiel yeah, real quick. Shit. And then, We're already um, a quarter of the way through the podcast, and we've only talked about The Matrix again. And then, <laughs> and then we'll go back and forth. And now, <laughs> to draw us into a well <laughs> that, unfortunately, we've drowned in many times, I'd like to talk a little bit about Star Wars. Um, I'm currently re-watching uh, one, two, and what, three. What prompted this? Why are you doing that? prompted this because I want to watch the Clone Wars. I want to see this epic conclusion to the Clone Wars that everyone has been mm. touting as amazing. I would like my wife to also see that because she's a huge fan of the prequels, as we've determined many times through many different lenses. And um, mm. I think that um, it's interesting because she's only seen them one time. You know, like I've seen each one yeah, of the prequels right, 50, right. 60 times. Right. Um, so what I have to say is this, and that's I hate Jar Jar Binks more than anything in the entire world. My wife literally screams at the TV every time he's on, like like a child being scared of some sort of villain when watching a movie. She literally shouts and like berates him uh, through the well, screen. Well, did you tell her what his ultimate plot arc is in the books? Yeah, he's not a Sith. That was that's all. No, no, not that. Do you, do you know? Like, oh yeah, what, that he gets blown, that, incinerated he, he, on a planet becomes, by the first become, order. But, he, but like he becomes, he becomes like homeless and destitute, and it's just like. <laughs> Is like just like pure street trash on a fucking shitty planet. No, I mean that's what happened to the actor. What happened to Jar Jar Banks? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so, uh, so yeah, life imitates art. Um, uh, <laughs> he's he is still alive though, <laughs> whereas Jar Jar is not. Um, so yeah, I, I enjoyed one a lot. Uh, I actually did enjoy, you? Well, I enjoy one a lot for the same reasons I always have: a that it's shot it's on pod fi- racing, a that it's shot on film, <laughs> b that it's um, 
pod racing. It's a, for a brief moment. For a brief moment, it's like the Fast and the Furious of Star Wars. There, there are <laughs> moments in Episode One that are just so classic. Like I, and I do love the design of just everything. It just is re- a movie that seemed like it was poured over very heavily it's by a bunch of really talented dude. people. That's what and, I said on the Star Wars episode. It's just expanding on the world in such a fucking... It's the first time that that world got expanded to that degree. And I'm going to say something that I'm sure we maybe have already said in different forms, but the prequel trilogy is so much better than the sequel trilogy, it's not even funny. Oh, yeah. Um, just the sheer amount of imagination that George Lucas has in like a single brain cell compared to someone like Ryan Johnson or J.J. Abrams is I mean people like J.J. Abrams basically started their whole career out of respect to those directors like literally paying homage to them J.J. Abrams has never created something fully on his own to the imaginative degree of Indiana Jones or Star Wars I'm I'm sorry you're gonna tell me that Alias is not on par with fucking <laughs> That Indiana is literally Jones. the last one I would list, <laughs> even in JJ's catalog. Um, yeah, so, that was the joke, Dan. And now I have two things to say, too. One that I keep forgetting over and over again that I wanted to mention to you. So, remember during the Star Wars special, I told you that I bought the art book to Rise of Skywalker? Yeah. Now, I want to remind you that when I was a kid and, let's say, Star Wars Attack of the Clones came out, mm-hmm. I bought the novelization... Not the novelization, the graphic novelization okay. to I always Attack thought people who bought novelizations of Star Wars were such fucking dorks. Um, I and that was while I was, like, surrounded by Star Wars toys. <laughs> <laughs> like, I bought someone, the- someone would be, see, like, a Star Wars shirt in elementary school and be like, oh, yo, you're into Star Wars, yo, like, you know, in this book. And I'm like, you fucking dork, get away from me. Um, I, I would buy the graphic novelizations, and they would come out a week before the movie. So that was the world I grew up in, where I literally knew the plot of Attack of the Clones before I even entered the theater. Yeah, that's right? so stupid. Now let me tell you about the world we currently live in. I bought the Rise of Skywalker art book, which yeah, if anyone awesome. has no fucking idea, it's just a giant book that has all the production art, information from the director, forwards from all sorts of people, whatever. It's like the end, the end credits of an episode of The Mandalorian. But it's also like... Um, a, a massive payoff in terms of if you want to know all the secrets, if you want to know how everything was designed, it's a really good way to, you know, see those things. So, long story short, I buy it and I open it up, and the first couple pages are about The Last Jedi. And they start talking about The Last Jedi and saying, as you well know, these art books, we keep the spoilers for the movies for the next movie's art book. So here are the spoiler images of production art from The Last Jedi. So I was like, okay, that A is so strange because these books are being released months after the films come out. So why they would need to restrict spoilers from that? First of all, if you're a big enough nerd to order a $35 art book of a movie, you've probably fucking seen it at the very least. You know what I mean? (laughs) Who are they hiding fucking spoilers from? I do not know. So now I open the book and I'm going through it. I'm like, this is, you know, pretty good. It's got some good shit. I want the fucking pay dirt. I want Palpatine. Right. My whole thing is I wanted to see other people's designs on what Palpatine was going to look like. I thought that that was a cool thing that I wanted to check out. I get to the end of the book and there's none of it. Oh, I keep Not giggling because I'm realizing this image. is the uh, this is the most like 
the most engaged either of us have been in the podcast in like five episodes because we're talking about Star Wars again. <laughs> um, you were it, like, we're going to dip into this well again, and I was like, oh, I'm sick. Are we going to talk about Star Wars? <laughs> what's wrong with us? Um, uh, dude, but yeah, I, I and what's so flabbergasting about this is, okay, they redacted the spoilers, but at the same token, this is the last movie, so there's not going to be an art book from the next movie that says, previously on, here are yeah. your spoilers. So where am I going to get those images like i paid 35 dollars. i want They're all the be pictures a standalone book for sure they're Dude, trying to milk it like i i literally got to the end of it and was like what the fuck and oh you've never God. seen a, a 30 plus year old man <laughs> so angry sitting in in gym shorts cursing at a star wars illustrated book it was sad. No, it obviously, was a sad moment. I haven't seen that. I, I really wanted my money back. I was, like, very upset. I was like, how could you do this to me? Like, this is absurd. Now that, um, now that, so you said, like, obviously, we both said, obviously, the prequels are better than the sequel trilogy. Yes. But my opinion at the time was that the last movie was better than anything in the prequel trilogy. Now that you've gotten to rewatch it, do, do you still feel that way? I feel as if now that I've rewatched Rise of Skywalker and I'm watching the prequels, if that's what you're saying, that yeah. that this is superior film filmmaking. <laughs> it's just, it's just there's something it's special about what? the prequels. There's just something special. It's better than Episode Nine. Oh yeah, saying? absolutely. I mean, Episode Nine was the best of that thread. It's like, it's like. Here, I, there's no other way for me to describe what it. If, than hold this. on, listen, hold on. Listen. What, if, what if you compared it to episode nine but ignored the Harrison Ford scene existing? <laughs> no, still the that same. That takes like you know what it feels 20% like to me. Of that movie's it it, it almost feels like to me. This is my best analogy for it. Like if you watched the very best episode of Better Call Saul, you still would not be able to compare it to most mediocre episodes of Breaking Bad. Yeah. The sequel yeah, trilogy sure. to me, honestly, feels like a spin-off. That's the vibe I get from the entire thing. Because the tone is so different from either trilogy and it just doesn't it just felt a little bit out of place for me. So, I mean, I do I do love episode 9. I'm still going to ride or die for my fucking number 1 boo, but beyond <laughs> that, uh, I'm not going to go ahead and say like that if one didn't have to exist it would be the prequels like that's just hooey like George Lucas is a motherfucking genius and oh, yeah. he does not understand romance and made some very questionable choices when it came to the race relation uh, orientation of many of the aliens from the prequels but beyond that uh, it, it was slamming oh and I have one more thing to tell you about and okay. dude I saw something today that changed everything for me almost in terms of Attack of the Clones okay. um on Disney Plus, which A, I want to knock for, if you've ever seen a Star Wars movie, the subtitles are this awesome, I, I assume they photographed the lettering and superimposed it, this like yellow stock lettering when aliens talk, you know what I mean? Like when Java talks. Everyone knows what you mean. They've replaced it on Disney Plus. With, with a, what? With a black box with white text in it. What? And it's digital looking. Why? And it's absolute trash. So that's a huge, um, that was a huge, wow. huge shock for me when that I, started happening. I was I like, what that. are we doing? Yeah, it was terrible. I, I hate that a whole bunch. They picked the ugliest, most, like, it literally looks like closed captioning font from the 90s. It's bizarre. 
That is bizarre. And this is like the permanent versions of those movies that they're presenting on Disney Plus. It's really odd that they got rid of the lettering. I mean, the lettering was awesome, well, so fuck them. I do want to use this opportunity rather than like waste the time of when we're doing the back and forth to just get out of the way that I did finally watch Mandalorian. And? Um, it's good. Enjoy it. I'm, I'm just like, I'm, I'm kind of Star wars out. I, I wish that this that's all that came out instead of this entire trilogy that just came out. Just gotta appreciate everything differently for what it is. Yeah. Like I mean, it if, does feel like imagine the level you will, of abuse on us is so Imagine great. if nothing, like, it was like, Revenge of the Sith happened, and then Clone Wars, and then nothing. And then instead of these, the trilogy we just got, and instead of, like, this stupid fucking game that just came out that we just watched, that we just played. Yeah. Um, all there was was the Mandalorian, and they just dropped that. Yeah, I mean, it would be incredible. That would have been fire. But we live in a world where we experience Solo. we experience hype fatigue. Yeah, and man. like when we were talking about the Matrix Reloaded, or any of those movies, like some of the Harry Potter movies, like the feeling of hype that I felt around those movies, it's really hard to get that again from how much they've done everything to absolute death. Um, kind of painful but um i felt hype for every single harry potter movie yeah same um you're talking about like all these spin-offs they're doing like fantastic no i mean just that. dude now we're in a world where there are hundreds of comic book movies a fucking year that uh, used to not be the case now we're yeah. in a world where in the same year you could have seen a terminator movie a star wars movie like, it, like I literally, there was a Terminator movie. Yeah, you watched like, that, didn't you? Oh my god! You fucking dirty we boy. Could, uh, we could have done an episode on that one. It was one of the worst movies yeah, ever. We're not gonna. I give that movie a negative zero. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, we have talked about it enough. Um, yeah. Oh no, wait, no, we haven't, dude. I have to tell you something. All right, everything changed. <clears throat> Set the scene. Everything changed today with Attack of the Clones. There's a deleted scene on Disney Plus from Attack of the Clones that I had never seen before. Okay. It was Is amazing. it a snuff film of Hayden Christensen blowing his fucking head off? Actually, it's pretty close to that. Um, <laughs> it is a sitcom-inspired scene where Padme brings Anakin home to her parents and sister on a farm on Naboo. Ever heard of that? No, Ever seen I'm that? listening. Dude, <laughs> it was... Uh, as if all of a sudden a sitcom began. Hayden Christensen walks in. <laughs> Natalie Portman, who's wearing the most ridiculous outfit maybe they've ever put her in, like really revealing, bizarre, fully like she would need a team of stylists to put it on her to see her parents. And she comes up and goes like, this is Annie. Like, you know, we're here. We're on Naboo. We're like hanging out. No joke. Her sister's like, hey, Anakin, like this is the first one of uh, Padme's boyfriend she's brought home. And Padme's like, He's not my boyfriend! I swear oh to God. Like, that trope, that cliche, you know what I mean? Like, that yeah. exact scene from a sitcom. But with Padme, Hayden Christensen, and two actors for parents and the sister that were not in any of the movies. Isn't it lucky that, like, even in a galaxy far away so long ago, they still ended up with the same cultural norms that, like, they have the concept of, like, boyfriend and girlfriend, and they need to be introduced to one's parent. It was literally so embarrassing. Yeah. It was so weird. And I watched it before episode two, so it really got me in the mood for it. Nice. <laughs> Alright, All right. now, we gotta, we gotta start uh, so rapid fire. So it's the midway fire. point, and we've talked about Star Wars and the Matrix. And that's it for this week. <laughs> Okay, you ready to talk about some movies that we've been watching, bud? Yeah, man. Okay. Uh, why don't you kick it off? Um, I watched The Invisible Man. I didn't even know that The Invisible Man was a movie. I and saw it in theaters. I, I, about I know. A, about a week before Corona. 
I, I listened to your, the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I've, I've seen the original Invisible Man. As have I. And I was like, of course I want to watch that. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought it was just, just, it was great. Way to SJW in the right direction movie. Right, you know totally, what I mean? Totally. Like, if that's, if that's how you SJW a movie, then... SJW me up the ass all day long because that was was a a harrowing story of abuse and was done really tastefully. Yeah, I want to I want to say I want to give that like a nine out of ten probably. I don't know what I rated it, but it must have been close to that because it really was special. Yeah, what do you got? What did you watch? Um, I watched a movie called Swallow. Which okay. was uh, about a housewife who is very... It's about my early college years. <laughs> it was about a housewife who, uh, being pressured by a billionaire family that she married into, having nothing to do in her house all day long because her husband works all day, being pregnant and terminally bored with her life and confused about her decisions with no control over anything she does, she starts to swallow things. Different objects found around the house, and it gets worse. Okay. What genre is this film? I would say it's somewhere between drama, horror, and like an indie character piece. It's kind of okay. like, uh, almost feels like something Sofia Coppola would have thought of or been a part of because it's very like artsy yeah. and stylized yeah, yeah, yeah. and violent and weird. But it, it wasn't a fully satisfying movie, but if the premise alone sounds interesting to you, it is worth watching. Um, but I'm not going to say it was that fantastic. I'd I feel say it was like probably a 7 to- out of 10. I feel like tonally I can just like picture exactly what that whole movie is and don't need to watch it. Yeah, I mean, once you see them start removing things at the hospital, things get oh my very, God. very right, maybe I'll watch it. And where they're removing them from. Nice. <laughs> but so, it, so it, do you it have is, a score for it? Uh, like a 7 out of 10. It's not like nice. torture porn, and it's not fully horror. It does have a lot of horrific things in it. It, but it's mostly just unsettling and yeah. a generally interesting character piece about one of our favorite topics on this podcast and in both of our lives, which is childhood trauma and how it affects the rest of your life. Solid. <laughs> and on that note, I watched the Ben Affleck basketball movie. <laughs> <laughs> I love how we've taken it just calling it the Ben Affleck basketball movie. Um, Insert I'm, generic sports name. Like, as about I said that, inspiration. I've, been, I've been Googling on my phone. It's called The Way Out. Oh, the way out. Um, the only way is up to the This court. is a film in that I also was not aware of until on uh, this that one Facebook group we're in about movies. I saw a bunch of people that we know recommending it and Oof. saying it was super good. It was not. I'm Don't ever and, listen like, to Biscuits I, Kids' opinions, dude. I know that some of the people that I saw say this were a good movie are people who listen to this podcast. <laughs> um, then this is for you. That's bad. It's not. Um, <laughs> ben Affleck's bad. performance was was good, but that movie was you you. If you've seen literally any sports movie ever, it's that. But also, Ben Affleck's a drunk. Classic. So, and and that's and that's the movie. And like, I really enjoyed his performance, but like, it didn't need to be a sports. It was it was like it went all in at moments of being like a like a miracle esque classic sports movie Mm -hmm. then it went in moments where it was like really seedy and like grimy feeling and like dark Hmm. and and then there were moments where it was like a little bit funny it was like trying to do everything and it it was not good that sounds a little bit like batman versus superman also starring ben affleck uh yeah i i i I, 
It was better paced than Batman versus Superman. <laughs> Every, sure. like, a, literally a, a tortoise is better paced yeah, than Batman I, versus Superman. Like, you know, you always joke about, like, yeah, I fell asleep three times during that movie. Like, literally, I did not successfully watch Batman versus Superman. I kid you not till the fourth time I put it on. It, it makes me upset to this day. It upsets yeah. me in my sleep, in my in, in my cups, <laughs> in my in my daily going going ons. I think about it. I, I believe that would be goings on. Goings on. Yeah. A, um, I don't know the actual rule for that, but it's my favorite thing that happens in our language. Um, so uh, that sounds terrible. It sounds like something I would never in a thousand years watch. So thank you for not recommending that to me. I wouldn't have listened anyway. Um, zero out of ten. I'm rating it ahead of time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm giving it. Um, a five and a half out of ten. Um, no, I'm giving it like a five out of ten. The other movie that I recently watched was Extraction. Um, the Cri- <laughs> okay. The Chris yeah. Hemsworth John. I'm actually on aware of that 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 fucking military propaganda. Dan, have we ever talked about uh, the Marvel movies? Is that something that's ever come on in this pod- no, podcast? No, because I haven't seen a single one of them. Jesus Christ. Okay. Well, I've seen. I saw the first Avengers in theater. Um, what else? What does Tobey Maguire Spider-Man count? No. Okay. Jesus so I've Christ. seen. Okay, so my understanding is there's the Tobey Maguire Spider-Mans, then there's another Spider-Man. Like, after there was that, right? another entire Spider-Man after Tobey Maguire. And then Maguire, there's another also, one, right? Yes. Who's in so, them? So I haven't seen a Spider-Man since Spider-Man Two, of the Tobey Maguire ones. Wow. Um, is X-Men part of the Marvel universe? No. Okay. Not the MCU. Okay, so I've seen the first Avengers movie. I've seen Iron Man. Is, is Iron Man count? Yes. Are we cool with Iron Man? Iron right, Man so, was the first one. So that's two. Um, Dan, and, I, I know this is going to sound really and that's silly. It. No, that's it. That's all of them. But wait, um, wait. What about what about Ant Man? That is one. Yeah. Okay. And what about Deadpool? That is not. Okay. So I've seen Ant Man. One day you should work yourself up to doing it. It is a fantastic adventure. That gets really incredible many, many, many times over. And gets, like, basically turns into Harry Potter by the end of it. <laughs> I absolutely promise I won't watch any of those movies. I don't know why that... Why do you, why do you say that? Just no I, interest? I, just, I have They're, no interest. I mean, some of them are literally phenomenal. And also, like, I'm a, I grew up, I'm a comic book fan, too. And the movies, like, just they, the ones I've seen have done nothing to me. I just don't care. Wow. Well, I don't like movies Dan where like I know everybody. what it's the same as like Godzilla. It's like I know what the trajectory of the movie is going to be, so like I don't care. This is like an, an interconnected network of twenty movies. Yeah, <laughs> this is, like, this what is the not fuck Godzilla. Am I to do? Does the Punisher TV show count? No. Okay. I'm, well, uh, yes. Okay. Well, that was fire. Okay. Well, there's a lot more fire. I'm just telling you, if you like Punisher, the TV show on Netflix, there's stuff that is way better than that that is in the MCU. Like what? It's not like shit uh, dude. Infinity War and Endgame are two of the greatest movies ever made. I mean, oh, the, the Guardians up. of the Galaxy is an incredible. Oh, I've seen. I've seen the Guardians. I've awesome seen that. Movie. I've seen that. Um, Thor great. Ragnarok might be the greatest comic book movie ever, besides The Dark Knight. It is yeah, incredible. see, I have no interest in watching that um, at all. Thor whatsoever. Ragnarok, directed and written by Taika Waititi of Jojo Rabbit and What yeah, We Do yeah, in the Shadows fame. Um, it's I probably saw his the name funniest comic in the credits for something ever. I was watching. He played something in something. That I just I was feel watching. like you're snubbing your nose to something that is inherently amazing, and you're just not giving it a shot. You're judging it I based watched, on little information. I went to the theaters to watch the first Avengers movie. Well, you're missing tremendous gaps of really, really good movies that are in there that you should check out someday. So, all right, so me watching two of them and being bored during all of them is not enough. 
It's never enough for Marvel. It's never enough for you. It's never enough for I'm Disney. I'm sitting through 11 Fast and the Furious movies, and now you're like, can you watch this 20-movie series also for fun? I think you should just watch it because it's amazing, not because like we're going to dissect it in any way. I know, it's that's just what like, I'm saying. But there's like, not I'm, a person out there who's How many do I have to watch that I'm like not feeling before like it's okay for me to stop watching them? Uh, Like 12. Yeah, that's, that's, that's like half. <laughs> it's insane. How that's do you, the setup. The reality is, I've like, seen they them all started, like three or four times. The reality is, they started happening when, like, right when I started going, to, when I started going to college, and I didn't have a movie theater near me, and I didn't have a car at campus, and there was no way for me to go see movies, so I just didn't. So you and, just like, went on a jam band cruise instead because that was more convenient. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that was great. Um, so, guys, someday Dan is gonna gonna commit himself to watching some more Marvel movies. Maybe not this week. Maybe I'll make him a small list. And if he hates all of them, I'm sure I, I don't. I don't hate any of them. I just like don't. They're so long, and I don't. It's I don't derive pleasure from like these big action movies. I just find them boring. It's like we sat there during Godzilla, and if it wasn't <laughs> because of the 4DX thing, I would have just been like sleeping during it. And I was already <laughs> almost sleeping on the 4DX thing. <laughs> Like action movies in general, like wow. I just like don't enjoy for the most part. There's like five. What about like classic like, action movies, like what? Like Predator, like, Ransom from with Mel Gibson. Like Predator. Um, I really like the first Predator. Okay. And I don't care about it. I've seen a bunch of Predators. And I didn't care about any of the other ones. How about like Aliens? Ali- I love the first two Aliens movies. Fair. Okay, all right. So those are those are pretty big those, action movies. Yeah. You know, you like Leon the Professional. We've talked about that. That's that's yeah, pretty but that's much like an action a film. Movie. I mean, the that's way that most action movie. movies aren't. That's true. And the action movie that I'm going to talk about today is definitely not a film. Um, okay. <laughs> um, it is uh, the new movie written by the people who did Avengers and such, and it's uh, starring Thor. Um, it was directed by a stuntman and is full of really amazing action and really I good just explosions. I remember uh, Jane Silent Bob reboot when Harley Quinn is fucking talking about she wants to bang that guy who plays Thor and she's like I'm gonna yeah, fuck him till, till, till I'm Thor, Thor. <laughs> and he done, says that to her father <laughs> we've done this full gag um, yeah, it's not a gag. It's something that Kevin Smith wrote into a movie, and that's like he's gonna have to live with that. Um, so extraction, six out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> so what's that about? It's like some fucking. It like, is literally the definition of the word extraction put to film. Yeah, and the jet, most these. Jack dude shows up and has to get somebody out of a situation, and it goes on for two hours, and it's just just, just a like classic a, action movie. I mean, if it, it felt he's like fun a to soldier, watch. right? Yeah, like because um, there's like I, I feel like there's like. There's like good war movies, and there's just like these stupid fucking war movies. This like, one was kind of in between, but was okay. interesting like a, enough. Like, that, like a Black Hawk Down level of in between? Yes. Yeah. Okay. It actually reminded me quite a bit of Black Hawk, Hawk Down. It had the same okay. vibe of a uh, person goes into a situation where they're overwhelmed completely by NPCs and have to fight their way out. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, uh, I, was, I was quite fond of that actor from Black Hawk Down. What's Josh Hartnett? Yeah. Whatever happened to that guy? He's in stuff every now and then. He was in a really good show called Penny Dreadful on Showtime for a few years um, that I enjoyed that you probably would not. I think 40 Days and 40 Nights is a great movie. Um, 
Do you want to talk about two TV shows really quick that sure. are blazing up the nation? Um, sure. That I think are both fucking masterpieces. Dave uh, from oh Little Dicky, which yeah. I think is just a... 10 out of 10. A, a Jewish anxiety masterpiece and is just genius. And I hate the amount of different ways that I connect to that show. Yeah, same. So there's no way that I can rate it anything less than a 10. 10 out of 10. Yeah. Amazing show. Like, I feel like there are things that I've wanted to say to people and just like get off my chest at various points in my life that I'm like someday like I will put that into words yeah little dicky did and now what I feel all like, of us feel like we wanted to do with our yeah, lives yeah I, I don't there I don't need to and then like <laughs> and, and, and then like little dicky did it but for it's you. also so fucking like dark and I'm just like is this just like the plague of being a Jew? Like that we all just think this way? Like obviously, it's, like, how many of us? Like, how many of us? Like, like you and I literally have thousands of things in common. <laughs> so uh, I can only imagine that's not because like we're destined soul cross lovers. We're just Jewish people. <laughs> so uh, that's that. Um, and uh, uh, so everyone Except for check the that Hasidics, out. You can get fucked. Um, yeah, for sure. And. Uh, <laughs> Making certainly. the rest of us look bad. I don't want to go too far into it because we are going to eventually yeah. do an episode on Israel. But um, yeah, uh, so the other thing I wanted to talk about was the Midnight Gospel. Did you get any more opportunities to watch that? I have watched three episodes of the Midnight Gospel. What do you think of uh, that? Um, I still am chewing on it to be I, determined. I find it to be a pretty interesting exercise at making your brain run two different tracks at once. Yeah, for and, sure. And uh, for that, I gotta give it props because nothing has ever engaged two parts of my brain more yeah. differently than no, this No, it show. gets props. Like, the debate right now is whether it's like a nine or if it's like a seven. I would say it's easily a nine. Solely on the idea alone, but I will also say I do not want to see a hundred episodes of it. I love the idea. I don't love the animation. I love both. I think they're all great. Cool. It's, got, it's got a really good feel. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think uh, I don't need to see eight seasons of that, but I will gladly take, like, ten or fifteen more of them if that's what it takes. Um, it's a really yeah. cool show, and as yeah. podcasters, obviously, we have a lot to relate to with it. Um, it's made me even a little inspired recently thinking about going back to some of our old episodes, taking some sections, doing little animations to them. Uh that's a classic smodcast move. Like do some like like Pikachu deep thoughts, like yeah. Pokemon images on the screen. So if we know thing. any any uh, Flash artists, yeah. If if anyone knows how to use MS DOS, please send us an email at moviepodcast at aol.com. <laughs> yeah, at netscape.net. <clears throat> All right, we're gonna head to our last segment now of the day. Wait, what is that? We have a segment. Uh, Dan's have never heard. Oh, wait. Okay, well, before we get to that, can I just ask, I want to bring this up, did you see Kevin Spacey's absolute fucking shit take in the news today? No. Kevin Spacey crawled out from whatever fucking... Did he make another video? Rock. He's been hiding under since that he's, weird he's thing. He's been making the weirdest videos, I too. know, I know, dude. Oh, no, I'm sorry, this was yesterday. So he, okay. Um, Kevin Spacey felt the need to make his views on coronavirus need um, known to a crowd that somehow he was in a situation where he was speaking at a he was virtual in front of other human beings he well he was speaking at a virtual event hosted by a germany uh, by germany's uh, bits and pretzels podcast <laughs> <laughs> subscribe so i'm i'm not going to set anything up i'm just going to read um, how kevin spacey Feels introduced introduced his his spiel okay um go ahead 
I, I'm Kevin Spacey right yeah, now. Yeah, I, I assume. Hold on, let me in character. Okay. Lion face, lemon face. Alright. Um, There's a boy you can touch back here if it'll help you feel closer to Kevin Spacey. <laughs> yeah, no, that's why I've just closed the sight lines on the mics, <laughs> on the camera, so you can't see what's happening up here. Alright. Um, I will do my best. I picture a solemn Kevin Spacey. Okay. Um, I will do my best to share some of my perspective on what it feels like to suddenly find yourself in a situation you could not possibly have prepared for or anticipated was coming. Oh, no. I don't think it will come as a surprise for anyone to say that my world completely changed in the fall of 2017. Oh, no. My job, many of my relationships, and my standing in my own industry were all gone in just a matter of hours. Mm. I still believe that some of the emotional struggles are very much the same. So I do have empathy for what it feels like to suddenly be told that you can't go back to work or that you might lose your job and that's a situation that you have absolutely no control over. I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Dude, what is going on? Thank you so much for bringing this blessed information to my attention. <laughs> what could be going through that fucking guy's head that he thinks this was worth fucking falling out of oblivion for? Oh, man. What a fucking psychopath, dude. We should get Do you know dude, how many Kevin Spacey movies I love and just, like, can't watch the same way anymore? him on the pod <laughs> is my next question. I don't uh, know that we have the poll as, uh, same poll as Germany's bits and pretzels <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean I, don't, I simply think we're too old to pull him but yeah I hear you um, so that is disturbing I'm gonna have nightmares about just what I was picturing in my mind and uh, dude he had to have written that what and a then shameful, read it and then like yeah I'm gonna say that to, to people for shame Kevin I don't know if anyone said this to you before Kevin Spacey <laughs> Yeah, but some, for shame, <laughs> someone really needs to let him know that he needs to learn. Like, what, like it's like his free ride what, has gone on long enough. He thinks what he's conveying is like r ironic remorse. Do you and think instead, our podcast is going to be like the Hannibal Burris moment where people are finally going to start talking about Kevin Spacey? Well, no, because um, th what I just read, I read from the news. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, you ready to do Dance of Never Heard? Yeah. Okay, so uh, for this segment, uh, we're going to do something music-related, which I saved to the end of the podcast because who cares about music? Um, and uh, that is that I have never heard Fetch the Bolt Cutters, the new Fiona Apple album that Dan texts me about every single day, and <laughs> Dan has never heard Billie Eilish, uh, <laughs> which I don't know how you've permeated through pop culture to this point and still haven't even like heard a note of it. But, uh, which is similarly uh, a, a, a young woman who recorded her first album in high as a teenager. The uh, the similarities <laughs> end <and> there. there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Dan, uh, what did you think of 2001's Billie Eilish? It's probably when she was born. <laughs> she uh, yeah, she's the first she's the first person ever born in this millennium to have a debut number one album or some such shit. Yeah, she's also the first person, I think, like, ever of her age to win all four major yeah. Grammys yeah. or whatever Wild. the fuck. Yeah, no, uh, this happens all the time where, like, you or people are just, like, shocked that I've managed to not hear something, and I'm always just like, how would I have heard Billie Eilish where? Like, I don't have cable, I don't listen to the radio. Where does one hear Billie Eilish without seeking it out? Well, for me, I mean... A, listen to the radio, B, I listen to a lot of pop music and try out constant new pop music to see what it's like, and I also uh, 
have a lot of time that I spend on YouTube and her videos will pop up and there are things on YouTube that I watch just to get an understanding of them. Like something will pop up like Lizzo and I'm like, okay, I've heard this name 350 times. Let me watch this fucking whale sing a song. Yeah, so that's basically what happened with Billie Eilish for me. Um, Sorry, Judy. <laughs> I'm not. Um, you know, I think Billie Eilish fucking rules. I, uh, not shocking. Yeah. You know I, why? Why? Because she looks like something that came out of 2002. <laughs> which is your fucking pay dirt. I, um, That's your happy soup. Sorry, I, should I chew ice on the mic? Hold on. Yeah. Why are you chewing ice? Are you fucking quitting heroin? There's there's bourbon in it. No. <laughs> there's, there's scotch in it. It's an idea. Okay. Um, yeah, Take I loved two. it. I, I listened to her album twice today. Wow. And uh, so this, I, I, this I makes wanna... me want to absolutely trash Fiona albums. Fiona Apple's album. I um I said I don't think you should give Fiona Apple's album an, like an actual opinion until you listen to it at least twice because it's fucking weird. My ears hear thing things just fine one time around. I didn't I didn't love it the first time I listened to it. Now it's like my favorite album of all time. But we're not there yet. Billie Eilish. That's a I you you guys should check her out. Is what I'm saying. Fuck you. <laughs> I um I like you like your James Bond song too. I loved it. Oh, wow. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I thought it was really good. I like her, her voice is very whispery. I'm so glad I saved this to the end. So I can delete it. <laughs> I, yeah, uh, yeah, it's very whispery. Good observation. <laughs> I'm, uh, well, you know what? When I say I love it, like, I don't love it, like, the, the way I, like, like, love music that I actually love. Like, I'm not going to, like, be listening to Billie Eilish next week. But, like, for what I thought it was, the way you described it and versus what it was, like, I, I don't see how you could think that's like worse than some of the shit that you listen to I think that now that you like Billie Eilish I am totally justified in listening to whatever I want so thank you for this in terms seems of like, like it seems like most of the world likes Billie Eilish yeah seems like most the of the world likes a lot of things you don't like Dan like, like the MCU like yeah. the most popular movies of all time you seem to hate so I don't you know, hate them I just haven't watched them I don't care well I have listened to Billie Eilish and it's fucking garbage it's, it's totally inoffensive. Maybe that is a detriment to it. Okay, well. Alright, tell me tell me your thought about You listen to that album and you tell me that that should have won four Grammys. The no, top Grammys. No, 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 no. That should have been on SoundCloud. Right. No, I don't think that should have won for anything. You think like, she should be like the number one artist of all time, pretty much at this point? <laughs> no, I mean, it's clearly like a fucking like the most brilliant marketing package that's ever been put together like are you talking about phineas's package <laughs> it's her, it's her brother <laughs> this fucker what what is the deal with it all right you know what time to trash billy eilish first off the lyrics are like nursery rhyme shit mm-hmm. um her brother appears to be the most pretentious person i've ever seen and he's like a child mm-hmm. and he he, his name is all in capital letters, but on her album, all the text is in lowercase letters. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I don't. It's very scattered. I don't understand. I don't quite understand the whole vibe she's going for because it seems like her whole spiel is that she's trying to like undermine pop norms by being like dark and like not revealing and like not sexualizing herself. But then like her hit single is like has a line about how she'll seduce your dad. And I'm like, okay, well that's statutory rape. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> so it's, it, no, no, I, I haven't. Good mind team. you, this all started this morning. This morning is the first time that I've heard Billie Eilish. Yeah. And it took between I'm, then and now for you to become her biggest fan. I'm digesting all of it, and uh, but I thought it was going to be way worse, way worse. Well, I don't think that I could say that it's bad music of any kind. I just don't think it is remarkable enough to receive the praise that it's receiving. No, I don't think it's remarkable in any way. I listen to indie artists and indie female solo artists that make Billie Eilish look like an absolute joke. Absolutely. I think it's a slap in the face to people that really put thought into their music and can create something that is as close to art as music can get and... I just don't think Billie Eilish is is the person we should be holding up. She looks like a fucking clown, and her yeah, music see, I don't is care mediocre. How she looks at all. I, I just, I, it, it was just like good dumb music, like generic dumb pop, dancey music, like. Um, yeah, I'm a fan of pop, and it's just not for me. Yeah, I didn't find it like musically fulfilling, but like, I found it as good <laughs> background music to like while I was working. <laughs> okay, so love it. Yeah. How many Golden Gun ratings do you give Billie Eilish? Like, on the scale of, like, pop women singers? I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, a s- 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 I-, I don't know. Like, a 6.8. 6.8 for Eilish. Um, so I listened to the stupid album that you wanted me to listen to. Nice. Um, I s- Universally acclaimed Fetch the Bolt Cutters by Fiona Apple. I listened to it in a bunch of pieces throughout the day as I uh, angrily delivered Stone in okay. one ear pod. Okay, you really gave it the treatment it needed. So I wouldn't crash my car. Yeah, um, okay. Or truck, rather. I'm sure it sounded real weird where each track has 30 different layered drum tracks in one ear pod. I don't think I listened to the last two songs yet. I think it's out of 13, I got to 11. Okay. And that being said, it is fucking masterpiece. Yeah! That's amazing. But yeah. if there's anything that I could try to say about it, like, for me, it's a 9 out of 10, because the one point is kind of like... Fiona Apple was being very herself on this album, which I oh, appreciate yeah. because I love the sound of her production. I love the sound of all of the percussive drums that are on full swing and in all of her best work and all of um, the, the just like cycling piano lines and just like building crescendos and just the amazing things that she does. But there wasn't anything on it where I was like, whoa, she stepped out of her lane on that. I mean, there was stuff that like where she was kind of doing like slam poetry where I was like, okay, this is like yeah, pretty I c- freestyle. I couldn't, I couldn't disagree with that more. Um, but I don't think that anything didn't sound like Fiona Apple, um, which is great because she's probably one of the most singular voices of all time. So for me, it was an incredible experience. I, I don't think that it like changed my life or anything, but I do look forward to listening to it on like somber days and days where I need yeah. like really well thought out music. Cause in the end, it's not like, um, you know, a lot, like I said before, I listen to a lot of indie pop artists these days and a lot of indie female, uh, artists who do play their own instruments and create their own stuff. But I mean, it all is like a little more electronic and it's a little more modern and Fiona Apple is just like a piece of music history and just like should get all the respect in the world. Yeah. 
should well, be treated right it. by all the men did, in her life from here on out. Have you listened? Did you listen to her last album, The Idler Wheel? I listened to it when it came out, but like most Fiona Apple stuff, the time when I would actually listen to a bunch of Fiona Apple was when I was in middle and high school. Yeah, yeah. I can't. I, feel like I can't. As there's a, only one song on this new album that I feel is like comparable to any of the music on her first two albums. Like at one point today, I pulled up to um, an intersection when I was driving my car home, and I was listening to a couple more tracks, and like people were walking by, and I was listening to it really loud, and I was like, "This is weird. This feels weird." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would prefer if the public did not hear three seconds of this song because it oh, doesn't yeah. make any sense in context and I think that's really speaks to the fact that it's um, like the difference between albums that are like true journeys and albums that are literally especially in the past 10-15 years just a smattering of songs different producers yeah. like I listen to a ton of pop where every album is like very good like Dua Lipa's recent album is very good but it seems like there was a different producer at every single track yeah. um, and you know th that goes to a lot of different uh, artists that I listen to that are modern and killing it but you know this album was really just like one it's, it, it's a singular first, vision the first two tracks I don't know uh, her piano line I think at the end of the first track almost carries over into the beginning of the yeah, second yeah, one. Yeah, it's a sweet. The second song is Shamika. It's like the it starts getting teased and then drops right into like the nastiest piano part on the whole album. Yeah, I mean it's it's again like I'm not going to put it on every day or anything. I'm not like as obsessed with it as you, but it is fantastic and I'm really yeah. glad I listened to it. So, That's big great. props. I feel like you need to give it a wash with like speakers or like good headphones where you can yeah. like chill and like blaze and like just like cuz the first time I listened to it, like, I I was so pumped at so many aspects, but a lot of it was very difficult to digest. And, like, after first listen, I probably would have said I'd give it, like, a 9 out of 10. Like, yeah. but I wouldn't have called it her best album, where now I've listened to it so many times and keep finding new things musically in it that are just so fucking bizarre and, and just, like, really way deep in there, making me realize the amount of just tracking and layering there is to this thing. I guess I also where, don't listen to a lot of music like that anymore. So it's a weird vibe for me to enter into to be listening to something that is so well thought out. It's yeah. like shocking. I, I don't think there's like much music like this, like this genre, like that she's like evolved to. Like Idler Wheel was started, start, Wheel was starting to touch it, but now it's like it's like gospel and jazz, jazz and fucking jazz is huge in it, and and like cabaret and yeah, like, and like th there's there, there are tracks where there is no instrumentation like melodic instrumentation at all it's all percussion and layered vocals but you and know me i'm into that shit crazy i mean it's the same reason like uh, why i like john brion same reason i like all those like from that period of time when they were using all those crazy percussions and all of like alternative pop song pop songs like you know fiona apple had that from criminal even i mean all of her band yeah. sounds like and it's always that fat fucking stand-up bass line and that yeah. fat sounding reverb on the piano and it's just like it's a sound she's crafted out and she definitely like is unimitatable and is fucking amazing so yeah. I, I feel like it's her um, masterpiece it's her masterwork like i'll definitely look forward to listening to the rest of that yeah, um, I, 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 I think it's the best album I've heard in the last decade. Um, and uh, that's about it for tonight. I want to let people know that our next episode coming up is going to be Fast and Furious again. Um, oh and uh, we really hope you guys enjoy that one. Um, and uh, yeah, anything else from you, Dan? No, I'm good, man. All righty. Um, 
Okay, you know. Tim, Wait, you, you didn't get the Fiona Apple album or a Golden Gun I rating. did. This is the second time in this episode where I gave something a rating and you said I didn't, but I gave it a 9 out of 10. And then we had a oh, whole you, conversation you about that. it being a 9 out of 10. All right, you did say that. The one point, yeah, I mean, it is, is ascribed to the fact that it is very Fiona Apple-y, which isn't a, a negative at all. It just is what it is. Like I really think you should go back and listen to her previous albums and then listen to this album again and... I don't think you'll feel that way, because I really feel like I mean Fiona Apple is like my favorite artist. Like if you would have played the album all all the time, if you would have played the album for me without her singing, I would have known it was a Fiona Apple album easily. Within like within a minute, I would have been able to tell. Okay, that's but I feel like that's because the first track is very Fiona Apple-y. and the second. I don't think the second one. I I don't think so. I think it is. Um, I don't. I, I we haven't heard piano playing I, like that from her I, before. And I also yeah. think that if you gave this album to a non-listener of Fiona Apple, they would think that almost every song sounded exactly the same. I don't agree with that either. I do. I will say that I recommended it to my drummer Foster, and he hated it and turned it off after Shamika. I'm telling you, dude, this is not for everyone. Just because no. you're obsessed with Fiona Apple doesn't mean everyone's going to see the merit in, no. like, spit poetry, gospel, jazz over percussive yeah, no, drums. No. I, said, I do. I, I literally said, I was like, it's a very challenging record. Yeah, but, like, so exactly. It's a very rewarding thing. Like, Well, for you and I, definitely. But I don't know if yeah. it will be for everyone. I mean, maybe uh, a good litmus test will be Rachel. Because, I mean, you know, Rachel's a, like a big into like female vocalist type thing. And like if she millennials out of it and like jumps off the board, you know, that'll be the litmus test in terms of like, yeah. you know, how approachable is this? Because I mean, it's I think doing it, exceptionally well. It's, of course it is. She's like one yeah. of the most renowned artists of all time. Of course it yeah. is. Like, what do you expect? It's, it's, it's like You're not calling cor- out some hidden gem right now. Yeah. Like, this it's is perfect quarantine Apple. music. Like, she's banged P.T. Anderson, probably had a three-way with Q.T., so... Yeah. She's a legend. Yeah, she's the best. She makes Joan... She makes Judy look like Joan. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I quit. All right, cool. Have a good night. Have a good right. bar mitzvah, everyone. <laughs>